Welcome to the Family Office Secrets Podcast, where we share weekly advanced financial planning concepts, insights, and family office financial planning strategies and tactics. Welcome to the Family Office Secrets Podcast, where we share weekly advanced financial planning concepts, insights, and family office planning strategies and tactics. I'm MC Lobstrom, joined by Stephen Bells. Stephen, great to see you. Good to see you too, MC. In today's episode, we want to talk about how to maximize the family's pool of capital. In a previous episode, we shared how you can protect your human life value. And what that entails was every single person produces and creates on planet earth. There's a value associated with every single individual. And we shared how you can get the full protection, meaning protect your earnings today and into the future, and also ensure and protect your net worth today and into the future through creative and advanced life insurance strategies. Now, when it comes to family office planning and family office Uh, advanced strategies, which includes family banking, which we'll talk about more in future episodes. Um, You look at the legal framework, which is in place for the family, but then you also look at the core, the blood of the body, which is the the liquidity, which comes from life insurance. So we want to share how families maximize this family bank, which is essentially the family's pool of capital. Now, uh, Stephen, one of the, the the things that I found very, very interesting is uh, the importance that these families have on protection, right? And mm. getting the maximum protection that they can, but it also serves then another purpose is getting the maximum amount funded uh, to the, the, the family bank. Um, you know, you and I have um, you know, we, we've seen many different mindsets and we come across many different mindsets. So one of the things that I want to start on and just share, and maybe you can comment on this too, is when you talk to, let's just say a person with a fixed mindset, a poor person's mentality, for lack of a better word, if you ask them, especially when it comes to life insurance, um, how much life insurance would you want to buy or uh, how much death benefit should you get? The answer would be, well, just enough to pay the costs associated with the burial, maybe some of the debts, right? If, if you talk to a, mm-hmm. a person that uh, I would say is in the professional class, kind of a middle class person, you would you would ask them, well, how much life insurance do you want to buy and how much death benefit? And they would say, well, you know, again, enough, enough for the costs uh, to be covered, uh, the cost of the burial, maybe all of the debt, maybe some student loans. Uh, some mortgages, but then also leave a little bit for the children. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to these family offices, and this is something we can learn with a growth mindset, and you ask them that exact same question, how much life insurance and death benefit do, do would you want to buy? They would say as much as a life insurance carrier would underwrite on each individual family member. It's a it's a it's interesting the different way that the that the world is viewed, right? It is. Yeah. As soon as you get into that growth mindset, that kind of that change in the way that people think about things that 
um, you know, is a lot of what we talk about on here and and in our in our network. Um, they start to think a lot a lot differently. It's no longer a, a bill, an expense. You know, certainly when you're talking about those other other groups, it's like, hey, well, how much is this going to cost? Um, you know, how can I buy as little as possible to to cover? It becomes this thing where like you take the the calculations completely different <laughs> so it becomes all right if i'm creating if i am if i'm a creator and i'm already believe i'm creating something that's a legacy in general then this falls right into that because this is beyond my lifetime and i want it to be you know as maximized as possible even on the low end of that people sit there and go well i need to make sure that what i leave behind is enough that it perpetuates what my family needs without going into the principle of it, if you will. So like, I don't need them to say, oh, I can draw down this over five years and then, you know, we got to figure something out. They sit there and go, no, our family invests. So I want to make sure I have enough death benefit that they can invest and continue their lifestyle and beyond. So, you know, they're already investor mindset. They just look at this as this would be if something happened, this would be more of a catalyst for more investing that would um, benefit the family. So that's like even on the sort of the call it the entry point of that mindset that we're talking about. Then you continue to go up from there. You kind of build on that and say, okay, I'm I'm also looking at this as when there's a passing at a generation, that liquidity can create the funding needed to fund all these other generations. And now it's like self-perpetuating. We're just, yep. somebody passes away. We buy policies on the existing family members without those, those are the funds for it. We buy as much as we can. And then it keeps going. And ideally often that's owned within a trust so that there's some asset protection and it, it can sit outside of estate taxes as well. Yeah. What, what it does it, it, within the strategy too of, this family office structure, which is you have the legal framework and structure in place. And as you mentioned, it's a trust. And inside of this, you have the family bank, uh, which is the, the pool of capital for, for the family. Uh, what it does within the strategy is every single family member is protected for their, their maximum human life value. So every family member is protected. So there's clarity, there's certainty, and there's security for the family. So they can now go out and produce and create because they're protected. The second thing that this does is it allows every single generation, when every single family member is completely, uh, that, that well, gets their maximum death benefit, it, it allows every single generation to make the maximum possible contribution from a capital standpoint to the family bank. So the first generation, let's just say everyone is completely maxed out on how much life insurance carriers would underwrite on them. They pass away. That funds the family's pool of capital. Now the, the next generation gets maxed out. They pass away. That funds the family's bank. The, the third generation, they're, they're completely maxed out on the maximum amount of life insurance uh, death benefit that carriers would underwrite them. That funds the family's bank. This has a compounding effect, mm. and it's known as a waterfall uh, effect within the strategy. But this ensures that with every single generation, 
the family's pool of capital grows, not just a little bit, but exponentially. In fact, it multiplies the family's pool of capital with every generation. You know, and think about it. You know, people listening to this will probably chuckle, but every single family, it doesn't matter how bright that North Star is for the family, right? The guiding light, the statement of purpose, the family constitution, the family's principles, beliefs, and values. You've got everything down. You've got intellectual and legacy property and assets in place. You're going to find a black sheep somehow. (laughs) There'll be one. It'll sneak in. Um, And I know people will chuckle at this because this will happen. If you have all these strategies in place, you know, one or two black sheep's not going to matter because the family, even though you have a black sheep that is not very responsible, not a good steward mm-hmm. or custodian of the family's capital, and let's just say they spend a little bit, they have a, they have a life insurance policy on them. So at their passing, the family's pool of capital will be made whole and then some. So this compounding effect over time, I mean, you do this. You look at the Rockefellers, and again, you don't have to start start with the same amount of capital that the mm-hmm. Rockefellers have to have the same ripple effects and compounding effects as the Rockefellers, right? Absolutely. I love the the term, the waterfall effect, because waterfalls exist because of an overflowing capacity. So this is overflowing. And if you think about the way you described it, once you hit into that second generation and beyond, that waterfall from the first generation is really funding things. So the family can have the benefit of accessing the the family bank, um, but then they're just kind of contributing their their insurability to make sure that it's replenished and being good stewards of how they access it. I mean, I think that it's helpful. Like you mentioned, the black sheep is protected. The family's protected against the, against the um, behavior of a black sheep. Um, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of good sheep and as they access the family bank and they invest and they grow they're you know the idea is that you have generations of producers you're just giving them a structure to where their production is both protect, protected and it continues to to grow as opposed to pe- everybody being an island as they get out there in their future generations a financial island not pulled together not building off of each other not benefiting from the generation before well steven has created a presentation where he shares Premium Finance Life Insurance. It's an advanced planning strategy that can turbocharge your wealth transfer. You can access that presentation at familyofficesecrets.com. That's familyofficesecrets.com. Mm-hmm.